L-O-I Central. It's not just football. Hello and welcome. It's episode 29 of L-O-I Central with Johnny Ward and Dan MacDonald in association as ever with futureticketing.ie. And on today's show, we're going to check in with Dan from a Ponzi hotel in Kerry. And then he's going to go off and live a very lovely life for the next day or two where he won't have to worry about breaking big stories and stuff like that. Uh, one of which I think he's breaking today. Uh, later on in the show, then we're going to be joined by Jay McGuinness, who's working with Shelburne well-known throughout the league, and obviously Bray Wanderers manager Gary Cronin, and we will be giving away a four-star pizza as well. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of interest in the pizza of late, particularly because of that Declan McBennett show last week, which I think was kind of off the charts in terms of any reaction we've had for a long, long time, um, if ever really, on a League of Ireland podcast, I think, or certainly one that we've been involved in. And um, we have a lot to get through today, and thanks to Oliver Marketing out here in Glasnevin for hosting us in this beautiful winter's day. It's getting a small bit colder, Dan. The sun is shining. What's it like? can carry ah, it's, it's it's good johnny yeah it's um as i said it's 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 uh you're a big fan of Kerry. i think it's your favorite place in in ireland or whatever and i think or in the world I it is the underselling it um i think sometimes it can be it can come across a bit patronizing everyone talking about how lovely Kerry is coming down to Kerry and how lovely it is i mean but it is really to be honest you know so uh yeah a bit of a, a bit of a break for a couple of days um before uh yeah a busy time again with with internationals next week and, and stuff like that and um suppose i mean there's, there's no quiet week in the league at the moment but um i suppose you know we've got the cup climax and a lot of stuff coming up in october and november so this is always a time of the year i try and take a little mini break where possible you know and so, uh, uh big big story today yeah so i mean we're speaking this morning it's it's going to come out by the time this pod is out, the story will be long out. It'll be old um, news then. Um, it'll be old news almost, but um, and not surprising news because it's been wild, you know, widely speculated um, that it's going to happen. But I mean, it very much is happening. It's, it's Michael Duffy joining Derry City on a pre-contract deal, uh, following the footsteps of of Patrick McElhenney. I think we're speaking on Wednesday morning. I've I've done something on it there now, um, and I think you know, possibly even might even be confirmed formally later on today by the parties and um, potentially just that's the, the vibe I'm picking up um, but yeah I suppose the detail is what's significant it's a, it's a four year deal um, from Derry um, he's taken a pay cut on, on his basic wage but that's because you know Dundalk to keep him this year um, they did actually to be fair offer Duffy a two year deal mm. I'm told I know they've been criticised and rightly so for only offering one year deals to everyone else they did make an exception for Duffy and he opted himself to sign a one-year deal, keep his options open now. It was a lucrative one-year deal, to be fair. So Derry just wouldn't be able to match that wages. But what they have done is is, is given him the security of a of a four-year deal um, to come home. And it's a you know it's a big boost, obviously, for where Derry are going under Rory Higgins to have McElhenney, to have Duffy. I think they're going to go for Will Patching as well too, um, and and they might well get him also. So. Um, is that the first four-year deal in the League of Ireland? I wonder. They just don't happen. Uh, well, no. Sean Hoare got one from Shamrock Rovers. He got four last, um, right. in December. Um, but like you'd be talking, you know, fingers of one hand. Like you know, uh, I, I think you know examples that would spring to mind. Um, Patrick McElhenney when he came back to Dundalk was three and a half. Richie Towell similarly three and a half with Rovers this time. I think. Um, but but pretty rare, yeah. Anything above three, I mean, three feels rare. 
and I think above it is, is particularly rare. But, I mean, it's, I think he had a bit of interest in England. He could have waited, I think, till the end of the season here to open up his options. To be fair to Duffy, I got the sense that he, he, he does want to leave Dundalk on good terms. He doesn't want mm. it to be, you know, he's had a good time there. He's had five good seasons. He's given them five seasons of brilliant service. Um, and I, he let Dundalk know, I think, so it didn't become a, a saga. You know, they can plan knowing he's gone um, and and he's he's happy to go home and work with Higgins and McElhenney and he's from Derry and, you know, it's, it's a very exciting opportunity. I mean, we spoke with Daniel Lafferty, didn't we, early this season about um, getting the lads to go home and it is basically happening under Higgins and, of course, Philip O'Doherty, you know, has had, you know, he's, 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 he already had money but he's obviously had an injection of, 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 of more money and he's spoken about increasing the budget and, it's funny, you look at the fixture list this week and it's Shamrock Rovers against Derry on Friday. I'll not not even game, the yeah. TV game. Um, but it's not it's sold out. But I think I think next season that could be a match of real substance. Yeah, it's um, unfortunate that Duffy's uh, birthday has already happened such that, that we don't have a situation where both Derry and Dundalk are wishing him happy birthday on Twitter <laughs> like McElhinney during the I week. Know, he turned 27 this summer. It. But it is Derry boys like Dan. It's going to be the, the, the second um, series is going to be Derry boys next season because this is, <laughs> if you're a Derry fan, this is just ridiculously exciting. No, it is. I mean, and... and Listen, I suppose you've had it a bit as a as a Galway person, the frustration of seeing Galway players around the league, you know, winning leagues and, and cups or whatever with other clubs and thinking, oh, you know, you wish you had something there to, to offer them realistically, you know, that could tempt them away. And and Derry have, have now got the opportunity to do that, you know, and, and um Well we're obviously again, gonna sign Patrick Hoobman and Rory Gaffney next season, so everything will be grand <laughs> yeah. like but they're, like they're not, they're not like I don't think they're offering mad cash, but they're able to offer security in terms of the long-term deals over a period of time. Like I think even for someone like Duffy, there might even be a sort of hit from the, the, the tax back implications, like moving back to Derry, a different jurisdiction, as as much as a as it does, it shouldn't be. But that's going too political, you know. But um, so I think like they 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 and they've struggled even with the value of Sterling in recent years. Going to Derry wasn't like you know wasn't as attractive even for players as it might have been at a previous time when Sterling sort of was was more weight with it. So there's a few reasons why they've. Struggled. Boris Johnson is directly um, responsible for kind of making life tough. For <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but the but, but the tax back deals are very mm. lucrative for players down south as well to get their ten best years back and stuff. So like there, there's a couple of reasons why Derry like who used to be able to sign like top players in sort of eighties and nineties for various reasons. It's harder for them now, but they've 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 you know they've they've gone after I suppose the local lads who deep down want to be there. Uh, they're you know, real hometown boys as well. You can get that from yeah, the vibe from the dairy lads. They want, um, to, they want to they want to be there and and they will be there. Um, it's obviously a real blow. Of course, it is for Dundalk, and they'll be more upset over this. Um, just briefly and, on Dundalk because like Dundalk know, have, where it comes from. Dundalk have rallied really well in the league they've produced really good back-to-back performances I'm kind of going on highlights here but they played some great football in the games against Bowes and Sligo but you're just wondering how many of these players are going to be here next season like this this could be an absolute um, I don't know like a complete uh Collapse in terms, uh, complete exodus well, in terms of who's there and and personnel. Like you, you've referenced the fact that they've lost a lot of personnel off the pitch, but it's really, really hard to figure out what goes on at this club. Briefly, where will they be next season and even what well, division? It's very hard to know. It's all it's, it's, it's very hard. Well, they said they'll be in the Premier Division. Jesus Christ! I mean, look at it now. And you look at them now. 
Like, as I said, I think Bowls are six points off the, off the bottom we, second we, we from joked, last. We, we, we joked about it a while back. I said if Ndok could end up in the playoff and win 11 nil, like they'd absolutely monster a playoff. Like, you know, and they won't be in it. There's mm. not a chance they'll be in it. Like, like um, you know, they've, they've got their players back. Now, honestly, like, you know, they've, I was looking to see like, there's 24 points available. If they if they hit anywhere near the best level, they could probably take seventeen or eighteen points out of twenty four. Like they really could, um, but you know that'll they, they they could nearly even creep into the top half. Like it's not it's mm. not beyond the realms of possibility. The the, um, the, the battle to but, avoid second you know, last is so hard to call. It's even it's ridiculous. It is. There's there's no there's no weak team down there. That's the thing. I mean, like Harps beat Bowes last week. You know, Waterford. I I I feel like it might still be Waterford, just mm. purely because you know. Time is against them, um, but like Drada needs to be careful as well too. I mean, you know, Drada are only three points ahead of uh, Dundalk, for example. You know, like they're five points ahead of Waterford. So <laughs> Drada are only three points ahead of Dundalk. Like, like you say, they're with kind of it's like, such a mad season. Well, I mean, Drada well, only three points ahead of Dundalk. They need to be looking at themselves. They should be, they should be fifteen. But listen, Dundalk are still not, like as I said to me now. Dundalk are favourites to win the cup. Personally, you know, I think if they get everyone back, I've said it for a while. I don't know about that now. They're away to Pats, like, so, um, I don't Yeah, know. but they're away to Pats. They're away to a Pats side who are going to be missing Sam Bone and their squad is, is reasonably depleted and they've already won an inchy core comfortably earlier this mm. season. You know, like, we saw that in Dog Pats game recently with Pats and Oriel won 4 1. It was a crack, you know, it was a cracking game. But I think if the Dog, now McElhenney, I don't know when he's going to be back, but if they had a full squad, then Dog. I, I think they have the they have the next best squad in the league after Rovers, definitely. You know, so um, like we saw that against Vitesse. Like I don't I don't think Pats at the moment could have produced the performance against Vitesse that conducted. I'm not even know? sure Shamrock Rovers could at times, to be honest. And, that, and that's no disrespect to Pats. I think Pats are going to be very good next season. I think they're they're on year one of a cycle here. I just think like the Docks bar is higher than the other clubs if they hit that bar. So that's why I think. In the cup, they could easily turn it on, but um, you know we'll, we'll see. Like you know, obviously the things can happen, injuries can happen. Um, but where the dock is next year depends. I mean, I did a story a couple of weeks back, obviously in the takeover situation. Uh, there's still talks going on between the consortium th- who need to like find common ground themselves before then, you know, going to the the uh, to try and do a deal of some description with the American owner. But there's complications with that again. Um, I think, you know, the perspective, uh, there's some local businessmen, there's someone from the Dublin area who I believe has been at some of the recent games, so they're clearly still interested. But what type of club they will inherit if they go through with it? And there's a lot of a- angles to it. I mean, if they were to win the cup, they'd be in Europe. Does that push up the value? Does that make it harder to do a deal? There's a lot to there's a lot to think about yeah, and with the whole equation. The, obviously, the, yeah. big, the big story from last week was Shamrock Rovers putting the nail in the coffin of any title hopes with that um, late uh, Melvin Lambert yeah. own goal deciding. It, it was a very interesting game, not a classic in Inchicore, but um, no, it was an interesting it game. Feel like a, it was a top two game, Johnny. But if we're if we're hundred percent honest, it wasn't like it was the game the whole mm. league was talking about because. You know, we know that like it needed Pats to win, and it just never really felt that it was it was poised that way. You know, um, it's it's it's. I know like we got a lot of feedback with actually McBennett's interview last week, a lot, and and I know there was even polarized views on different things that he raised. Some people think his point about title race is rubbish. I had a player in the league on to me going, his point about the title race is one hundred percent bang on. 
I was just thinking like back to 2014 when Dundalk and Cork played in the final day. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that. And I recall hearing at the time that the viewers were, the viewership was quite good for that. You had a bit of a run in. We're not going to have that this year. And that does, ha- that, that, that's not great, you know. Um, and I think the way in which Rovers won that game last week, almost a bit like the season itself, is like, you know, a late goal from Rovers. Um, they, they're, they're, they are the best team, but it was, it's not necessarily something that's like captivating everyone. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're doing what they, what, what should, what they should be done and they deserve to be lauded and applauded for that. But we're not going to have that sort of tension. And, and, and in a way, from their perspective, like they're not they're not being pushed maybe to the levels that they can hit themselves either. Um, and I'm not sure if they're going to get a whole lot of love for retaining the title. Yeah. I'm sure that'll probably drive, and, it'll and probably drive them on they, and motivate them in a way. Yeah, they, they, in um, fairness, they've, they've gone on a brilliant run in the league when they had a little bit of a wobble and they've kind of just, I think they've won seven out of eight. So they're not going to do a double. They're not going to do mm. a double. Like 2015, 2015, won the league by a street, you know, and they, but they did the double. You know, and so that team gets a lot of praise, and, and they'll have the regrets about Europe team. as well. And I know Stephen Bradley was reacting to team. some of the criticism yeah, after the game, but yeah, they'll have regrets yeah, about Europe. Yeah, but like, but like they will listen. Of course, they have regrets about Europe because they were playing Flora Talon. Like they, you know, if they have ambitions at the club, which they definitely do, of course they'll have regrets about that. I spoke to Dylan Watts last week. That's going to bother them for a long time, and so it should, you know, because it was a it was a great opportunity. Um, as, as some people have pointed out. Uh, Look at them dogs, old pals, Sheriff beating Real Madrid last night. Unbelievable. With just three, with just three players um, from, from the Dundalk side. But it just goes to show, like, as an operation, um, what you're up against there. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, wanna... last week, we have a lot, we have a lot of reactions to Declan McBennett's chat last week. I mean, we should talk about it. I mean, it generated probably more discussion than any pod I think we've ever done. I think uh, if, we're, if we're honest about it, like, and the feedback went on for three, four days. Um, as we said, like there was a lot of different opinions from people. Like I was sort of looking through it this morning, just to get a reflection, and it was from fans' comments. Like Greg Sloggett, I mean, as, as people know, the dog midfielder, an insightful interview, worth a listen. Um, insightful with a with an S as opposed to a C, I suppose. Um, so so many sides to it, but football or soccer, whichever you call it, could be marketized and monetized much better in this country than what it is. You look at the industry in Europe and further afield, it's no wonder some feel aggrieved. I think that's a pretty balanced comment. Ronan McCormack, really good discussion. I think it ended in a score draw. Some clear offsides, crunching tackles, and the odd two-footed lunge from both sides. I was playing man you, and you ball, a, to be fair. Yeah, You got a two-footed lunge in, in, in Pats last Friday, though, didn't you? Because you were there <laughs> working for RTE, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, this is just like what a week! I mean, it was it was really weird. Like I, I, uh, so many people on to me about that, um, that that podcast from various sort of walks of the League of Ireland, but I was I was seated at the back of the stand, um, because it was really really full for the media or whatever. There was a big spillover area, so there were two elderly ladies who were obviously hardcore Pats fans in front of me. Stephen O'Donnell's um wife Michelle just under them, so it was it was entertaining to kind of listen to them. But um, so th- I think Rob Hennessy he made a he made a mistake. He didn't have a bad game, but he made a mistake uh, at one point. Uh, I thought he should have given Pats free, and one of them says to me, "Put that in your report. Put that in your report." And then about, about ten minutes from the end, the other one turns around to me, and she they were getting a bit frustrated at this stage. She goes, "And who are you writing for anyway?" And I go, "I'm actually writing for RT." You should be ashamed of yourselves. Your coverage is terrible. 
So <laughs> 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 I was like, what can I say to this? So, uh, Jackson, I'm one of, I, I, I feel your pain, Jackson. Did, did, you, did, you, did, you, did you hit back at them and say, well, actually, to be honest, viewing figures this season are 45, 37, 52. <laughs> Um, you know, like, <laughs> and I have news I, for I you. <laughs> I have news yeah. for you. They gave me so many jellies, though, that at that stage I'd lost any will to be annoyed at them. They were they were friendly up to the point of um, their their kind of love for Pats obviously impinged on their Jesus, anger in the second like, half. It was they were cultivating you there. Yeah, um, Connor Maddock. There's a few points. I mean, Connor Maddock, the most damning point made of the entire interview from his perspective. Half a million tuned in to watch Ireland v Portugal a few weeks back whereas 45k were tuning into LOI games earlier in the season when the country was still on level five restrictions. I mean, that's it. I mean, for some people, it was just the case of the viewing figures that are viewing figures. Mm-hmm. Um, Bart, Bart Bukowski, um, hard to argue with lower viewing figures for regular live games as a sad reality, but don't agree with his point that there was no room for highlights. We think it's an absolute minimum RT could do to promote the LOI. Fair play to Johnny for pointing it out. It was interesting, actually, on the news, 6-1 news on RT last night, that the Dundalk Bowes goals were central to it. I feel like that hasn't happened too often. Well, it's you obviously know? down to us. Um, well, I mean, I don't think it was. Clearly um, it is. The Ian O'Reilly, Ian O'Reilly, similar enough sort of points, um, he fell down on the side of McBennett. Like, I think, like as I said, a lot of comments were very critical of Declan McBennett, um, but there were, this is more to, to establish some balance that some people did see things from his view. The figures are there in black and white, the rugby team gets a bigger viewing um, and McDonald Dan was Mr. Switzerland. And nobody wants to be debate. Mr. Switzerland, to be fair. I assume that means neutral to be and Switzerland. boring, as opposed to dodging tax. Uh, which yeah. I can assure you, I'm, I'm, I'm very much. <laughs> I, not I was good. more Mr. Switzerland um, in that regard, but yeah. Um, I, ooh, um, I've said too uh, much. And I think I think Jamie Fulham, you know, well worth the listen. I think Declan's arguments are fair and clearly friendly at numbers. That being said. And brackets, and I think we'll see it differ next year. Archie dropped the ball this summer with European games, and I think they did. And I think mm. even in Declan, Declan's point, like you know, the fact that he he, he ran out, he, ra- he read out the figures, and but then highlighted how European games can deliver many multiples more. It sort of illustrates that point in a way. Um, I think even I think a lot of people acknowledge that the European thing this summer was an aberration, and if anything comes from it. Um, there might be a little bit more readiness for it next year. A couple of people were saying to us as well, we didn't get through every question last week. We we could have put comments to Declan about, for example, the LOI TV service mm-hmm. and how that you know is better. There, there's, there's a couple of angles to that though. Like, I mean, I've watched the LOI TV service and, and it's obviously different at every club. Um, and I do know, I would be aware of some of the figures what RTE spent on watch LOI. And I think even when he was getting a bit aggravated with you talking about uh, the backup, the better coverage that Air that Air gave, and I think it's something I've become aware of, and even speaking to people subsequently, like RGE when they do an OB, like they don't do things cheaply. Mm. RGE, you know what I mean? Mm. Like in terms of how they staff it, probably how they pay people. And I think with Watch LOI, there was an element of that too. They did they, they did spend quite a lot of money on Watch LOI, even mm. if the service didn't wow people. And if they had opted to include replays, for example, um, and a few other aspects like co-commentators, which they would have felt obliged to pay, I think, as RTE, as opposed to sort of getting people to do it as volunteers, their spend would have increased uh, a lot more, you know. And 
it's, it's a fair point that, that people in LOITV are producing great like service. I watched the Dundalk one on Monday. It was excellent. Some of the other clubs are doing very good stuff. But, I mean, they are reliant on, on volunteers. And if you're, you know, RTE have to do things a bit differently. And that sounds like we're giving them a pass. Um, but, you know, and obviously, as we know, things weren't perfect for that service. But they did they did put a fair bit of money into it to cover Absolutely. All of the games. And like every each individual LOITB club is only covering one team, if you know what I mean. And they had to do them all. So that's the only point I would yeah. make about that. Um, but possibly we should have raised that yeah. um with Texan. But I think it was a listen, it was a, it was it was we got a fair like what what it has shown is um that that there's an interest in the debate. Like someone was joking to me last week that maybe like, you know, instead of showing some of the dead rubber games later in the season, they should just put on a debate of people discussing the RTE LOI debate on the TV, arguing that, and, and might that get like you know more people engaged and, and energized of course, uh, about it? You, but, you call you call to the bank yeah. as well, where the teller had a queue of about twelve people behind <laughs> you because he wants to talk about the podcast and Declan McInnes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're not no, going to we're not right, going right, to get into right. that too much, but uh, I, it was a funny no. image in my head. Dan, um, we're going to have to let the lads on. Let you back to yet another county that doesn't have a League of Ireland ground in County Kerry. You have a four star pizza question. I do. Before I go, yeah, I'm, I'm look forward to look forward to you having a good show and, and listening to the show later on with some good guests. But yeah, people would have noticed the anniversary again of a famous European night. Uh, it is today, Wednesday. A lot of people might be listening to this on Thursday, Friday, but on Wednesday, the 10 year anniversary of Shamrock Rovers playing Spurs in White Hart Lane. An amazing game, an amazing night. Again, one of the great sort of football events I've been at. The away crowd was incredible. Um, people will know, I think it'll be too obvious to say who scored the Shamrock Rovers goal to put them ahead. It was Stephen Rice. The question is, for the four-star pizza, who was the Spurs goalkeeper that they scored against in that game? I think it was also so, the anniversary of Dundalk's um, uh, win over Maccabi uh, in the, I think it's the five-year anniversary of that. Yeah, that, 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 yeah it is, listen, listen it's, it, it's group stage anniversary time, as I said. I mean, I'm in the Europe Hotel at the moment I'd rather be in Europe at the moment ah, than with Rovers to be honest yeah, um, like it you know because there, there would have been a round of fixtures obviously this week and this is the corresponding Tinley Vale them in a Spurs. very very nice five star hotel in Kerry here <laughs> for, 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 for two nights as opposed to a week to be honest mm. a lot of people here are clearly here for a week Um we are not those people. You can't but, believe um, the, the Slovenian yeah. one at the desk as well just wanted to talk about Declan McBennett. Unbelievable. Like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the question. Thanks a million, Who Dan. Who was the goalkeeper? And listen, enjoy the rest enjoy, of the show. Enjoy, enjoy, and, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, welcome along to Gary Crone and Jay McGuinness, lads. Sorry for delaying you, Dan. Just loves talking. He just <laughs> loves talking League of Ireland from the five-star hotel he was in. How are you getting on? Good, yeah, yeah, kept busy. Um, the new role and that, so yeah, yeah. T- t- you'll have to tell us about that, Jay, in a minute. Um, did your paths cross much as players? Actually, just wondering this in the way in played oh, against each other, yeah. obviously. Yeah, any oh. any memories? Oh, I, well, I never picked him up for set pieces, I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was an all go. Jay, Jay, Jay obviously operated on the on, on the top end of things, you know, won a mm. few leagues, haven't you? That's right, uh, full time, full time, yeah, yeah. Career, so. Um, so you know. I've always operated in it where I had the work life football balance and it was always hard to compete up that although there was one year we dropped under under Paul where we finished fourth. It was a real competitive year. It was um, now one of your rivals in division one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great. Beat ta- you one nil ta- 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 Do you have to bring up the negatives all the time, <laughs> do you? <laughs> and they followed that just to show the league, they followed that by losing at home to Wexford, who I think are a really decent side like. Yeah, yeah, league, uh, yeah listen, listen, Wexford have turned around all right, but um <laughs> 
Yeah, look, we're, I remember playing against Shay loads of times. We never, we never played together, all right, you know. Any crack yeah. with Dulo after the game in uh, the Carlisle grounds? No. It hasn't changed? No, no, listen, we were starting the pod beforehand. We yeah. had a good old chat, and um, uh, before that was the game, obviously, that they, you know, they had to win. Uh, I knew that, and he, and he and he did in the end, you know. They were, you know, fairly compact against us, and we just didn't play well in the final tour. And Atlanta deserved to win the game, mm. you know. They were waiting for us to make a mistake and we duly obliged, unfortunately, on the night. So it was a frustrating night for us because we would have felt, obviously, if you'd have won that game, you, you'd have put it to bed, really. Um, mm. But obviously, it's still, there was a lot of football to be played. The results went our way last week and we went down and, and, and grinded out a, 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 a hard-fought win in Cove. Um, and yeah, all we have is a cushion, but there's football to be played, so... Oh, this, the first division and uh, the race to avoid second last in the Premier, they're two mad things. I don't know what's going to happen. And I suppose the Shells thing, Jay, has just been so routine. Nobody's commented on Shells just walking to the league, really. Like This is it. Um, they're such a, a big club, aren't they, mm. really? And they've some fantastic players. So, no, listen, it's good to see them going back. They're, they're close to getting promoted. So it would be great to see them back. So you sort of have two hats at the moment then. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, I recently started in Michelle Bourne um, as a course coordinator. Um we set up this course for early school leavers. Um, basically, Shelbourne are trying to make a difference in the community out in Fingal. And they're targeting early school leavers. They come on board, they get a training allowance, they get an education. And basically shows them how to run a football club or a sports club. And they get good qualifications from it. So it's a win-win for everybody. And who's funding that then? DTB. Okay. Um, they're in partnership with Shelbourne. It's a great idea. A lot more League of Ireland clubs, I believe, will be following suit. So... We're the first in the country to do it, so hopefully we get it up and running well and there's good progression from it. How did that come about then? Um, as I said, Shelbourne are looking to make a difference mm. in the community. They're, they're making great strides on the pitch and off the pitch, so this was a, an idea brought to them and, and they went with it. So as I said, they're, look, they're, they're looking to make a big difference in, in education and helping young learners get qualifications in the community. So that's how it came about. And as I said, I've been involved in these type of courses before with the FEI. And I see the benefits of them and what it does for young people, helping them get education and go on to toward level education. And stuff mm. like so. so that's the whole idea behind it. What were you doing before that then? I was in the FEI, player development side mm. of things. Similar run courses, um, all backed by the ETB, um, using football as the hook. Young kids, they, they love playing football. They're interested. That's what brings them onto the course. And it just so happens that they get a qualification from being part of it. Now, the one I'm running at Shelbourne is not... Uh, player development it's purely business administration they get a diploma from that so it's, it's great is that full-time then it's full-time happy yeah, days, yeah they get a training allowance on it as well yeah and also they'd be brought down to the club on match days and shown how everything's run from that end of things and um, everything from match day god imagine if ollie Byrne were still there i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> <laughs> the old way of running the football club yeah it's yeah. new now now as i said shelburne have brought in a lot of um professionals into the mm. club we'll have some of them um, tutoring on our course throughout the year, like David O'Connor, he's qualifications from UCD and things like that, so it's great. Um, yeah. And your other hat then is uh, with uh, the manager we were name, naming yeah. earlier on with, um, obviously the Duffy signing today or whatever, but Rory Higgins, you've you've uh, teamed up with him as well. Yeah, I played at Rory back in Bowers a long, long time ago. He came down for a year and we've, we've kept in touch ever since. Um, he's doing a great job. He asked me to go and watch games for him in around Dublin and stuff like that, so I'm enjoying it. Um, keeps me involved in the league. Going watching games on a Friday night, um, 
great. So you, you you're not un, not indirectly responsible for how well they've done. Like he he must be nearly uh, in line for manager of the year with the turnaround. Like I was talking to people lately about this. Like you look at as much as Sean McGovern is going to win the league, and like obviously Pat's have had a great season. Arguably the likes of Tim Clancy and Rory Higgins, they've done unbelievable jobs with you know. With the turnaround with Derry, but also the, the, what Tim Clancy has at his disposal. like Yeah, you can see a complete different change in style since Rory have come into Derry. Um, they just ran up the table. The players are buying into everything he's, mm. he's doing. Like, I was at the Bowes game where they drew through all. Brilliant game. Quality Great game advertisement football. for League of Ireland. But Derry were fantastic. They're really exciting. So um, I'd like to say it's down to me, but it's not. It's all down to Rory. <laughs> um, he's doing a fantastic job, and he's only in the door. So there's more to come from from that team. Well, he did that job for Ireland, more or less. Um, Stephen O'Donnell did that job That's right. for Dundalk for a while. Uh, Shane Keegan did that job for Dundalk for a while. So it does. It's an important role. Like You do. You get to see what players are out there. Mm. Um, you get to see different styles, different tactics. And as I said, I'm a coach of an A-license, and it's really helped me in that sense become a better coach, I believe, because as I said, you're looking at different tactics. You're looking at players, what they're doing. So yeah, it's really helped me. So if I can help Rory, your next teammate in mind in any way, I'd be, mm. I'd be happy to do that. Um, what, what's it like for a first division club in that opposition analysis regard? Like, do you, you know, do, does the normal club have the resources to do that? Or do you just do an Ollie Horgan and go to every <laughs> game going? Like, you know? No, we, we, we wouldn't have that level of resource. Um, to have somebody like like Jay, um, if you give him out, it will be knocking on his door. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. He, listen, f- football is. We all know this, and Jay will know this, and all the managers know it, and coaches. It's it's nearly a twenty four seven job. You're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly, you know, looking at videos, and um, obviously you have the your your own training and so on. But like, if you're not if you're not playing or you're not at your own games, you're going to watch a match. Like, you know, mm. you're, you're afraid you're going to miss something. Or miss a player, so a lot of the times you have to see things with your own eyes or a trusted set of eyes, and that's obviously what Rory's done with with, with Jay. And you're based in Dublin, Jay, I assume. Yeah, so it's perfect for for Rory to have somebody like Jay down here and going to those games and and so on. But we we wouldn't have that level of resource, and that's 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 fine. Like you know, you you just have to concentrate on your own job and and um and do certain things yourself. And look, I mean, I've, me personally, I've, I have a great coach and staff with me, and and we all do our bits on that. You know, who would so. you have? James, James Keddie's with mm. me, and um, you know Dennis has been doing uh, coaching with ourselves as well, and you know Ian Fowler's with, with us as a, a goalkeeping coach. You know, so we've experienced lads. All the lads are older than me. You just need to know that, like, you know. Mm. So <laughs> you learn, learn from them, and um, as well, and you know we've good debates, obviously over over um, you know our, our our own football tactics and, and and opposition and so on. So, but ultimately, obviously, it's my job to to um, make the decisions on. And players and and tactics and so on. So, look, we've good relationships, but yeah, we don't have an opposition analysis. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. that's something which might change in the future. The unfortunate thing is, like Bray are unlikely to get promoted this year. Galway United are unlikely to get promoted this year. All the first division clubs, effectively, whoever wins will be an outsider in that playoff. Like so, and I was thinking recently, UCD probably should have beaten uh, Waterford in the cup. Mm. They then went to Galway and lost four one. Mm. Um. I saw Wexford against Pats for the bottom team, the first division. Like they gave a really good display. They then obviously went on and beat Athlone, who previously would be had beaten Bray. And it, it's kind of sad in a way that like I've been to the Carlisle grounds. Um, I've been here there this season and last season, and there's a great buzz around the place since the new ownership came in and since you came in. And there's a different vibe there. Um, I've been to Turner's Cross. I've been to Galway many times, and it, 
at the one level, you know, the 10-team league is great, but it, it's kind of frustrating at times that people don't really get to see these players and the vibe that is around the first division clubs. Yeah, I've, I mean, that comes down to obviously covers and stuff like that as mm. well, like, you know, and it's been difficult the last couple of years. As we know, people aren't able to go to games, so that's that's changing now, and I I, I think there's going to be some good crowds at, at games over the, uh, for the run-in. But, I mean, everybody is, is chasing that, you know, they're chasing the goal. They want they want to get promoted, and we're no different. As football people, you want to be competitive. And um, you mentioned Wexford there. Ian has gone in and, and changed up a few things in Wexford, and didn't matter that they're bottom of the league. They still want to go and win games, which is fantastic, and it makes it competitive. And uh, it's it's great like that. But there's just too much of a gap between, you know, whether it's players, resources, and um, and the clubs between the uh, four series and, and and the Premier. And what do you do uh, though? So how do you narrow that gap? Or well, that's a conversation. Listen, that's a conversation that could take us hours. Like you mm. know, there's so many branches of that conversation. It's unreal. Like, I was listening to. The conversation with yourselves and 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 Declan McBennett there on the on the um, mm. on the coverage and, and and so on and how many people are interested in League of Ireland. Um, the biggest one, the biggest one is facilities. You know, it, that's that's what it is. And you know, the unfortunate part or the disappointing part when I was a young player um, in the league, the facilities were very poor. Training facilities were very poor. Um, some of them have come on and improved without shadow of a doubt. But managers like Pat Fenlon and Paul Doolan and, and others, um, you know, Liam Book, they would have been speaking about facilities then. And unfortunately, in 2021, we're still talking about facilities. Well, neither the Carlisle grounds nor Talca is up to scratch, like really, you know, for what it should be. And I suppose with Talca, there's obviously a bigger story there. But I passed the ground the other day. Um, Dan's little one was getting christened, so I passed Talca. I used to live beside it. It's it hasn't changed since I lived there, which is effectively what twenty years ago. Um, but I'd I'd hate to see Talca Park go. I'd hate to see. I don't think Shelburne playing in Daly Mount is Shelburne at all, to be honest. I know. Yeah, we're used to Shelburne being such a big club in Drumcondra. Mm. Um, no, it is a shame to what what's happening down there. Like you look to be able to bring your kids to games, and like I live up beside Talla there, and I, I I often bring my little girl off to to watch the the games there. It's it's a great venue. Mm. There's always something going on. There's entertainment for them. So. Be nice if a lot of other League of Ireland clubs could follow suit and what they're doing and the model they have. As I said, it's it's a real family oriented club mm. now. You can bring your kids and enjoy it. They present the time at half time, and that's what it'd be nice to be able to do. That's that the thing, Jay. It's like you, you you talk about the stadium in Rovers. It's a fantastic stadium, um, where you probably wouldn't bring a child to some other stadiums within the country, and that's that's a battle that we're constantly fighting. Yeah. And you know the the clubs are constantly fighting that. It's by the way, it's not one person's fault here. We we mm-hmm. all need to get together. Like you, it's for me, it's you know I know Michael Martin was speaking about it at government level um, uh, over the last few months. You know, there's definitely help needed and funding needed from that level from, from from government level. And then obviously we know the situation the FEI are in, and that has to be allocated properly. And then you need investors. Everybody needs. It's okay. I know. Um, I think Connor was on kind of how he was talking on one of the podcasts yeah. recently about the facilities and he mentioned a figure of two million I don't know the figures he mm. mentioned a figure of two million for for facilities and um, teaming up with Dr. Boys and it's all fantastic and it's great and that's the way they should go and that's the plan but you know the funding for that yes has to come from uh, fundraising has to come from um, you know FAI government but it also has to come from uh, investors who believe in the product as well like you know so uh, I just need it needs to come from everywhere. It really, really does, and we need to put our finances together to try and improve. Uh, number one, the the facilities. Like you look what Jay is doing there in the ETB. Education and football need to go together big time. Um, 
That's definitely, definitely one for the future. I'd love to see a purposely built uh, football school. I'd love to see it. How would that work? I've been dreaming about this for a while, Johnny, and um, I don't know. I just think, you know, there's so many kids want to be footballers. There's so many kids want to play Champions League football. You know, I have a nephew who's seven years of age and he he just eats football. I'm going, how can we make things better for this child? Like, you know, and... um, That's a good point, though. That seven-year-old, what's going to be like when he's 18? Exactly, and, and... and and they're the kids that we need to see for 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 the future. But I, mm. I really think we need to get into a model. I'll let you jump in now, Jay. Is where that when it comes to them being twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, we're nearly having them in a football environment on a daily basis, mm. uh, or giving them that uh, resource to be able to do that. Not every kid wants to be a footballer, but give them record, uh, that those resources to be able to mix their education and give them football on a regular basis, not just two hours a week. Or two and a half hours a week, and then a match that they may or may not play at the end of the week. Mm. They need to be it's playing enough, football. Yeah. They need to be yeah. playing football. I think day. that's the beauty of these courses. Um, like Shelbourne, it'd be nice to get some of the Shelbourne first team players on it because you got to think about a career after football, and that's what this is about as well. I mean, I've, I've a lot of experience in ETV work with at the FEI. Everyone leaves school; they want to be a footballer, but there's no avenue for them to go. So we take um, young learners on these courses. They train, they played football, but they got educated. And some of them went on then to Minute University and stuff like that. So I do think there's a lot of room for these type of ETB programs and clubs to link up with them and have that education for young players. Will more clubs do it? I believe they mm. will. Um, I know Drotta have recently set one up as well. It's the way forward for me, um, preparing young people for life after football. And um, in terms of, I suppose, like your your own role yourself, do, do, is there is there fulfilment in it for you as well in terms of watching these Usually, kids come in? Yeah. Job satisfaction. I, I love it. I love helping young people get educated. Also telling them how to, you know, what avenues to go down. And this opens up a lot of doors for them. They get qualifications to go on to third level education. I've seen lads progress onto other education courses like Minute University. Um, it's brilliant and you get real job satisfaction from it because yeah. we, we, we have to change the mindset of young kids uh, I, I remember um, uh, you won't mind me mentioning his name Joshua Hanlon who went to Bomber I had a conversation with him before the game against uh, Drogheda and I said how are you getting home to leave and start and he goes guys I'm not really into the education I want to be a footballer and him and thousands of other kids would have had that same Sorry, just, just to reiterate, who is he playing for here? Like, this is the, the reality of it. Like, so he's, playing, he's playing for Longford Town. He's playing now, for Long, and it's this is tough. Like, you're not, where's where your career even after uh, football? Well, correct. Well, like, at the time, Josh was a young prospect centre forward, and, mm. and there was English clubs interested, and mm. he went over to play for Bournemouth. And like we see in 99.9% of the cases, the circle went and he ended up mm. back, back home, and that's no, not, no shame in that whatsoever. But I knew, obviously, through the experience gone, I've been there. I wanted to put all the eggs in the basket as, as to, to be a footballer. And we just need to change that mindset of the, uh, the the child, number one, and obviously the parents of that child as well. Because sometimes yeah. the parents can be worse than the child and him wanting to be the next star. And for them to realise that when that football stops, whether it's when he's 23 or whether he has a good fo- uh, career and it stops at the end of it, the percentage of him being a millionaire set for life is, is, is very, very low. We need to cop onto that reality. And obviously just the work that, Jay's doing obviously with Shelbourne and hopefully as you say League of Ireland clubs um, continue that on mix the education and the football for them to realise that the education part of it when the football stops is so 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 important for life to move on yeah like the clubs can obviously do more as well with linking up with colleges as well as that because like I suppose the theory is that in, in England it's kind of 
almost token that they just they do you know they have it they tick the box or whatever but i know we've spoken to players who've been in england and they said like you don't really get educated you're just doing it for the sake of like the club want to tick a box but it's very important because like you're not going to make a you're not going to make a fortune as a league of ireland player and then what do you do afterwards like if you not everyone can be a football coach well as a course coordinator of the on this course i look at people on the shelbourne force team mm. um, like young shane farrell usually talented player young Cameron Ledwood come back from England I'd like to target these type of people and and speak to them about okay let's start building your CV and this will help that so when they do stop playing it's not a sudden oh what am I going to do now they've been putting the blocks in place mm. starting now and and this course will, will only help them with that so be nice to target people like that within Shelburne Force team that's what I intend to do nice yeah because I've been in that position myself where guys mentioned earlier on I was full time but I was always conscious this day, this it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. So we went off, done different qualifications. I was lucky, so I'm in a perfect, perfect position to be able to talk to these young um, players about. Do you deal the with parents, Jay? Sometimes, yeah, they're they're not sure. Mm. They're ringing up asking what these courses are about. Is it just for Shelbourne players? It's not really. Um, this one's completely different from the player development model, where it's just for players and stuff like that. Where this one, it's for everybody, everyone of all ages after school. Um, who's interested in getting educated because education is for everybody mm. but it just so happens that there's a few players in the 19s and of Shelbourne in their academies that will might come onto our course and Shelbourne will help build this person not just as a footballer but as a player as a person uh, after football so when they leave Shelbourne they'll have played the League of Ireland career and got education and Shelbourne are looking to make a difference and that's not just all football with Shells as I said they'll look at the look after the person as well See, it, yeah, just on that like what again parents and, and, and kids need to realise is that the education part really helps them mentally um, because education is tough like you know you have to work out scenarios you have to work out uh, many different things in your head and, and, and you have to report back with your, with your work and so on like you know but the game has gone very complex now you know it's not like you know you just throw, throw the players on the pitch and there's a lot of education now within the game um, on, on the uh, on the football and the tackle side of it and for me, I, I do feel sometimes young lads come through to the game and they're actually not mentally ready to be able to absorb the information or fully understand the terminology that's used in the game and uh, or really sort of work out complex situations. And if you look at the highest level, obviously in the English Premiership and throughout Europe, and you'll see coaches, they all talk about that. And it's the same, it's the same concept they're talking about. I, I know the Chelsea coaches going on about, they really, really make training so complex and difficult to work out. So when it comes to match day, it's not as difficult, you know. And I think where kids, those kids are that think that just putting football is, is forced, I'll just go play mm. and that'll sort everything out. And I have some I have some really good young lads who think, I know they're thinking like that in my own club, where they just think, no, I'll just go onto the pitch and I let I let the, I let my talent do the talking. That's not good enough anymore. It's not this? good enough anymore. No. Now, yeah, is that different from your day to, then or? Uh, a, a little bit listen mm. you needed to work things out but you know the game has moved on in that respect that you need to understand a lot of scenarios within the game more and my point is that education will help them it, it, education in different subjects will actually help them work out scenarios and on the like what, what are the kids of today like uh, it sound old now but like everyone's on their phone we're all so, old here don't we? yeah but like <laughs> every if you you know you look at uh, you have a chance to observe players during covid because you're kind of very near them they're in the stands and a lot of the kids maybe that aren't like togged out they'll be on their phones everyone's on their phone so is it easier for them to process information now as a coach when you get a young kid coming in um are they different to this when you were that age or 
Yeah, there's an expectation now. Mm. Um, like myself and 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 the coach, the coach and staff often say, we have to tell them everything. You know, we have to tell them everything. You know, where it's like when we were kids on the street, like you you work things out yourself. Like you know, um, so there's a lot of information that's accessible as well, and there's obviously a lot of. Uh, uh, high level football at the fingertips so you know you'll see a lot of uh, football analysis on the on the uh, on the tv and on their phones and so on and then there's an expectation that you know we should all have, all have that level of uh, mm. of analysis w- within the game here as well but look there, there, there's look there's an expectation for more information which is good but we need to find that balance of where the, the player is able to work out certain scenarios himself in the in the heat of the game versus versus being told everything as well. Uh, is that they're always they're always on the phones. Right? I, yeah, <laughs> I found coming towards the end of my career, um, I was finished at Pats in the League of Ireland. Then I went up to Cliftonville. You come into the dressing room now. I was 34, 35 and some of the young lads they're sitting there on the phone. They're not they're not mixing. Mm. You're looking around. You'd almost have to force a team night out on people to try and force <laughs> relationships. They're looking at each other and I said, "What's going on here?" Like back in the day, you, yeah. It was great banter in the dressing room. It was there was none of that type of stuff with the phone. So I do think they're missing out on that where the bonding and, and that side of things, which is valuable for a team. Mm. You know, you've got to get to know your teammate who you're gonna be training with every day and going to battle with every day. And I did find it it was a bit, Jesus, this has changed now. And then you'd have to almost organise a team bonding session where mm. as I said back in Heavy. Mm. It was the opposite. You'd have to keep us in. Yeah, every you know, week there was a team on. But now, listen, it, that's what's wrong. I think, you know, as I said, the young lads are sitting on the phone. They're, they're not engaging with each other and heads are down. And that's what I found, especially towards the end of my career. It was just a different dressing room yeah. from what I remember. I, I spoke to a lad who was trying to organise um, a kind of a part-time job for a couple of lads um, at one of the League of Ireland clubs and just... The attitude of the kids was staggering. Like they just weren't able to even barely able to turn up for an interview. Like they were just they had to be almost spoon fed. Like and it ended up just being completely aborted. But phones are a serious issue. I think. Like I think they, a lot of kids are just addicted to them. By the time they're like not that adults are great, but like it is a challenge. Of course it is. Yeah. I will tell you that. Like trying yeah. to yeah, you know, just yeah, you'll do your tactics, you'll do your training, but you want your team to bond. You want mm. your team to gel as well. These things are getting in the way. What have you made of uh, Bray this season anyway? they've One of these teams, again, the likes of Brandon Kavanagh there, Gary Shaw, to name but two, like good players there. Really good. Maher in goal, getting involved with the He's 21s. Um, I watched them. I've only seen them against Shelbourne this year. It was, a, it was a big match for Shelbourne. They came out and they had to have a go. They ended up, I think it was one all. Game. One all, yeah, yeah, yeah. but game. Bray went on in the second half, played some really good stuff. And I've watched, I've having worked against their, his team there over the last, they, they're known for playing football. Mm. And um, bringing Brandon Cavanagh in, great signing. He's a rich, you know, talented player and do damage in the opposition half. So, um, no, the first division, it, it's a tough, tough league. Um, I'd, I'd it's a good, people, sk- it's good skilling ground for it's players, brilliant. players like like Brandon, you know, where, and you mentioned Brian Maher as well. They're young, talented players, and have have others there as well. But you've mentioned those two, and I look at them, and I've spoken to them throughout the season, going, look. You know, we all want to play Premier Football. They have ambition to be good professional footballers, and which is fantastic. And um, when you had the twenty ones playing, where Bray and UCD had two of the key yeah, players for the yeah, Ireland under twenty ones. Yeah, yeah, and there'll be more in the, in, the, in the next one. I'd imagine you know mm. you see some really really good players. Mm. I mean, Kerrigan's come onto this game scene done done fantastic mm. well as well. Um, but the danger is for those players is that you know they sign for a big club like Rovers, Pats, or whatever the case is, and then they're only playing. Um, Sporality, and you know they're in one game and they're out for three, and then they're back on, or they might come on in a game, or they might start one or two, mm. 
and all of a sudden their game time is way down to what they should be. So nothing, nothing beats playing football. Brandon mm. Cavan's yeah. a perfect example yeah. of that, isn't he? He's yeah, stopping and starting a row. Mm. He's gone. He's learning the disappointment yeah. of losing and mm. not having a good game. And you need to develop those skills over the years. And yeah. You said you don't realize that sometimes. You but need it, to play football as much as when, you can. When the season is over, or when you've done a couple of seasons like that, then they'll cop on and go, "Yeah, that was really good for me. I was playing week in, week out. Yeah, I experienced losing, I experienced winning, experience a playoff push, and hope, hopefully we get there. And um, then there's if we can get there, then you have big games where you know it, knockout stage is really, really matter here. Like you know, and they need to experience that as a, as a player as opposed to. Watching it from, I know. Let's say we, we use Brandon. He, he he was part of the FIO Cup in inside at Rowers, but you know he was watching it from the stand, watching in. He would have been oh, yeah. within the group. It's not the same. Um, I, I, I had the same conversation only a few months with Brian Mar. He's mm. an under twenty one international because he's playing week in week out uh, uh, for Bray. And at the time when he was with Pats, he wasn't the number one. And he wasn't going to be playing week in, week out. So I think it was a fantastic decision by him just to go, no, I need to... I need for, to his for his yeah, own development. For his own development. Now look at him, he's regarded him yeah. as and, the best yeah. keepers and in the league. And the first division, like, if you look at it, these are three teams, like, for example, that are just not even... They're not in the playoff picture at all. And, and like, basically, Atlone are gone. Like, Atlone have Curtis Byrne playing for them. Adam Wickstead, like, Cork City, the size of Cork City. Moylan on loan at Wexford. Like, this is a proper, proper good player. They've got two good managers in there as well. Don't yeah, and, and mm. the breeding ground as well. I'll just talk to you about that as well, guys. The breeding ground for young managers like yourself. So many young managers in the game. I was even, I was just talking to Stephen Kenny about this a while back. Like, the amount of players that have played under him that are making their way as managers now in the league. And Rory Higgins, we mentioned Stephen O'Donnell. And I, I, Tim Clancy's obviously coming on. Stephen Bradley's still a relatively young manager. I think Keith Long still kind of considers himself a young manager. But yeah. like it's, it's, um, <laughs> Ian Ryan has made a huge impression. Like yourself, a braid. There's yeah. all these young managers. It's, I, I, and you're, you're all kind of evolving with the game as well. Yeah. You're all coming up with ideas, I guess. I, I, uh, I love still having the young tag. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, uh, Listen, that's fantastic, and it really, really is is good. And I, you quite often there was about ten years ago there was obviously an argument going. You have the merry-go-round of managers, and that was all to do with qualifications. That was they were the ones qualified to do the jobs. And now you know there's a lot more courses and, and qualifications. And qualifications, by the way, they only teach us how much it's been in there for the, mm. for the experience. So there's more people now. Want, and yeah, listen, young managers, young ideas. But I tell you, I still pick up the phone to the, to the experienced managers and I've had plenty of talks with them. And, you know, there's certain scenarios that no course in the world will, will actually prepare you for. And the only ones to bounce off is, is, is those experienced managers have been through the, through, through the mill on it. And uh, some of them still managing, some of them um, uh, not managing and don't want to manage again. Um, so you you can't devalue, you know, the the experience that's, that, that, that's also yeah. there at a management level. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, like you look at, I obviously, you need to be careful of, he, he, Rory's gone into there, he, he's done a fantastic job so far, you know, and hopefully that continues. But a lot of challenges will come, Rory's way. I know I'm speaking from my own experience. The challenge a, of even be, having money is a challenge. Yeah, but, but you know, not, for Derry, not for Derry anymore. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? The, 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 <laughs> he, of, Derry will have joke. money, but that's a yeah, challenge yeah, because expectations go through the roof then. He's yeah. gone off and done his homework. He mm. hasn't just jumped in there. He's, mm. he, he learned under Stephen Kenny. He went and watched a lot of football. He has a great ground on yeah. He has. But he's obsessed about the game. Like, you know what I mean? The likes of him that's and his a lot, yeah, a lot of these managers he, are just obsessed. Like he's he assistant that's done dark. So he has done his mm. work and you know, he's deserving of that mm. opportunity at Derry. And you mentioned young players uh cutting their teeth uh and the force some of the managers are doing that as well. Mm. Look at Tim, yeah, Gaz, mm. Ian Morris, yeah. Ian Ryan, he's gone in and done a, mm. a great job. So 
does that as well they're going in there and it's a hugely it's, competitive it's, it's you like I'm in year three uh, of, of my own managerial experience and the point of making we're already been in in year one is that is that the challenges will come when you have year two and year three he's done fantastically well and then he has to keep refreshing and and even you need to make sure you don't even get bored with your own methods and your own that's very interesting you know because like even sometimes you have gone I've done that in year one I've done that in year two I want to change. We try to change things around as coaching staff in year three, particularly if you have the same players, which we've had two or three players with us for the whole, whole, whole journey so far. And he's going, I need to make sure these players are not getting bored with us. Uh, we need to freshen it up, and you know whether it's like tech- a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. You need to bring in something new and something that they look forward to, and and and, and so on. We we've we've changed things along the team building, for example, stuff off the pitch. Like we, what? Uh, we, we, we've worked with um, uh, a lad called uh, Ross O'Donnell, who is the Army Ranger, and that, and, and Ray Goggins, who does be on the um, mm. uh, Ultimate Hell Week, is it? Yeah. We've worked with them over the last couple of years and to get a different a different, uh, a different vision on the way t- teams should be built and their experiences and all that. And they've come in with us for days. And, and is that physical or psychological? Well, I had to warn them not to be too physical, not yeah. pushing their, door, their face in the door. These are pretty boys. But uh, uh, yeah, Look, uh, I, I've I've listened a lot over the last few months to Ray, for example. It's oh, it's, it's unbelievable stuff. Now the resilience that they have is unreal. But um, you can any football player or any sports person, you can make them vulnerable. So the physical part is not. It's it's a lot about the mental side of things. The vulnerable they make them vulnerable by making them weak physically. And no matter how strong or fit you are, you can make somebody vulnerable by by um, by uh, t- making them fatigued and getting them into a space where their body hasn't been before. So mm. physically, like we have super fit players, but within 10 minutes, the lads would have had them so tired that all of a sudden they're vulnerable and then they test them mentally. Um, and it's just something different. But look, come here, it doesn't make you win the league, you know. It still comes down to, you know, budgets and players and so on. But it gives them a different way of thinking and it also freshens things up for them as opposed to me just going on the pitch all the time, right? You knock that out wide, you put the ball into the box. You do that, you do that. You need to... You do you need ever to doubt yourself fresh. then? Like, do you ever... On, like, when you're a young manager, is there much doubt that creeps in when things, like... Everyone has challenges, so it's like... Because you can't show vulnerabilities either, can you, I guess? Do you know what I mean? Like, so... Not on the outside, no. No, there's an expectation for Bray as well because you've good players and like yeah. you know it's it's very difficult to get out with the first division. Like it's, yeah. I'd reiterate that it's kind of like the Premier League where like Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United probably won't win the league this season, but they're really good sides, you know. Mm. Like, well, one thing, uh, and again, this is from the experienced managers. They'll say to you, "Don't doubt yourself and believe in what you're trying to do." Uh, and when you get into that zone of like we had a difficult start to the season for me, Percy was difficult because we hadn't won in six. We had five draws and a defeat. Um, I can pull out excuses as to why that was, but the bottom line was we had five draws and a defeat, and that was hard. That was hard at home. That, you know, it's one stage I had me daughter putting her arm around me going, "What's wrong with you, daddy?" You know, <laughs> would you believe him? You know, it's football that's wrong. You know, yeah. and you know, at that point, that's where you had to snap around and go, listen to the experienced people, listen to those managers being through this, and go, "You got to keep on believing what you're doing. You don't stop it after six games." And, um, you know, we were lucky enough to have the turnaround start against Galway, down in Galway. <laughs> it's the last time you were on the show, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, uh, and that's, you, you got to believe in what you're doing. And ultimately, if it doesn't work or if you end up with no job because of it, I, you know, the advice is you can look back and say, well, look, you've done it. Yeah, you might do things differently in hindsight, but you've done it your way and you stuck to your plan. And, and um, that's, you know, that's, that's the best you can do. And, yeah. 
listen, doubts will always sort of creep in. You've got to deal with them early and, and, mm. and believe in what you're trying to do. And and sorry, you have to have the support network around you. Mm. And you know, like your daughter. You, well, like, yeah. yeah, family is one thing, but on the football support yeah. network, you have to have fellas around that you trust. You know, so when things are like, if 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 um, if Derry hit a blip, let's say next season, whatever the case is, you know, you won't see Rory turn around going, "Jay, that's your fault." You know, yeah, you know, he trusts, he trusts, he all stick the together, manager, and we work it. And out. the board trusts him as well, yeah. like you know, yeah. You mentioned earlier on there um, about resilience and stuff like that. Like Gaz is in a different bracket mm. for a lot of man. So he's got to be real. We had this little chat before we came in here about recruitment and stuff like that. He's talking about building resilience and stuff, but he's got to be clever in his recruitment as well, hasn't he? Like he's looking, he's in a different market from Derry, Dundalk and mm. stuff like that. So he, he's always looking for that find and some of the characteristics within these players he's talking about um, resilience. You'll ask them questions before you sign them, won't you? What's he like? Is he trying hard? Does he like training hard? What's he like when he loses? And it's difficult, you know, mm. it's difficult as a manager to try and find these type of players that no one really knows about. And hopefully they work totally. out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that's hope. <laughs> sometimes yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes you get a door. Do yeah, yeah. But yeah. like well, Keith Andrews was on off the ball um yesterday talking about the Kenny thing or whatever. But like I am just looking at Stephen Kenny's face when they went off the pitch against Luxembourg, looking at him when they went one nil down against Andorra, like it's it's tough when you're in that zone. Like, what what do you make of um, the Kenny story so far? Um, I think it's been hard getting job for him mm. in terms of he's lost a lot of players, had a lot of injuries, but he's blooded a lot of young players and hopefully he's given the chance to see them come through and come good for him. It's, the last couple of games, I really enjoyed watching them. Mm. Um, Serbia, they were fantastic. They were a really good team. Ireland put it up to them, done really well. Um, as I said, he's blooded, I think it was 13 young players. That's unheard of in mm. international football, isn't it? Really, does, doesn't have the luxury of a Robbie Keane, who's going to bang goals in week in, week out for him. He's got Adam Oyd up there, who's learning his straight, but he's done fantastic. Um, you see the performance he put in against Portugal. Didn't look out of place against one of the best centre-backs in, in the Premiership. Mm. So, um, now I think he's done really well with the tools he had to work with. He's blooding them. Um, I really hope he's given a chance. I believe he will be. Um, he certainly has my backing. Um, yeah, and like that seems to be the attitude of most people in the league. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily League of Ireland thing. I think it's more of a football maybe appreciation that it's just it's a tough job. I'd, he has. I'd, I'd, I'd echo what, what Jay said. I, I definitely a Stephen Kenny fan, and um, and he's he's he, he's come in and and tried to change things in a way that it's so so difficult. And I get we all get what he's trying to do, um, but it's like anything else. I've just mentioned it. The man has has a plan to do something. The FAI have backed that, and I just feel that they should go and back it again for mm. the next couple of years. And regardless, or whether it's Stephen or another manager, if that's the that's the top process we want to go, I've seen the FAI strategy over the next few years. We want to qualify for tournaments. I know it's easy to put that down on paper, but if we're going to do it a certain way, we've got to stick to that way uh, and accept that along the way there's going to be poor results or there's going to be... Um, blips or uh, obstacles in the road and we got to deal with those that doesn't mean the same man has to be in the job for 20 years because we've we've a 10 or 15 year plan uh, but we need to stick to the way and the philosophy and if it's a case where you know Stephen's the first man to put the first six years in um, and any organisation should be looking at well who's who who will be the next one to take that on they shouldn't be doing that uh, a couple of months before uh, somebody's contract's about to end they should be doing it you know couple of years before mm. I felt the end going this is the progress and this is the next clubs do that in, in the UK mm. you say 
the new man's going to come in to continue on our philosophy, not come in and change all the academy staff, change all the full team staff and change every, everyone's going to lose their job because one man comes in. Yeah, of course, you need manager might come in and take one of his yeah. assistants with yeah. him. They can't go changing the whole foundation of us. You look at Stephen's career, what he's done at Longford. He's a builder, isn't he? Mm. Done it at Longford, done it at Derry, and certainly done it at Dundalk, where he took them from scratch. Basically, Dundalk was struggling. He Mm. built them up to what they are. I think he's doing the same thing at the other team. He's a builder. He's proven that he's a builder. Obviously, it's the results business, and the results haven't been what we'd like to be, but I... I definitely do think he'll, he'll get it right because if you look at the characteristics of what he has done, he's a builder. Absolutely. And it's just mad. Like, I'm just going on the RT website here just to check the fixtures for the weekend. And the first three stories are McGrath, Kenny, not the man to lead Ireland forward. Fenlon Keane for fans, not to panic on Stephen Kenny. FAI Supremo Hill non-committal on Kenny's future. Like, this is in the middle of a Champions League week. Ireland aren't even playing. Like I mean, it's 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 just I don't know. I I think it's kind of um, you're, you're always going to get different opinions. And mm. I think we sell, we're football people. We understand that international level is a massive level. It's much higher than League of Ireland level. We we understand that. Um, and I just go back to whatever culture or way or we we want, we've decided this is the way we want to go. And Stephen's the first man to lead that. That's that's great. That doesn't mean that he can go and have, you know, another campaign of poor results. Yeah, absolutely. And that's okay. Absolutely. No, if uh, if that if the man changes, that's fine. That's football. We understand that. But the foundation of what he's built or, or the idea of where we want to go. That shouldn't change. The next person to bring that on should be identified. Absolutely. And uh, the fixtures for the weekend draw the St. Pat's, um, which is on TV, and that's. Uh Obviously, a key game in that battle for whatever battle for all these games are just very significant, except maybe for the title race. Finn Harps against Dundalk, um, Shamrock Rovers, Derry City. I'll be at that game. Longford Town against Bowes. God, Bowes demise. I don't know what what what's going on there. They've just con- I think they've conceded eleven goals in five games. Keith Buckley's been taken off in an awful lot of games lately. Um, they've actually had a. Yeah, well, if you think no, there's a lot of games, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah but know? he's such a key player, and yeah. obviously, they, I think he was shipped at half time the other night. What's going on with Bowles though? Like, I, yeah, I, I know yeah. you're, you're, you're obviously plenty of Bowles kind of history in you, but what's going on there? It's like I think it's a mixture of having a lot of young players. You got to look at the bigger picture. Sometimes I know in football we mm. all want instant results and a quick fix, but I think what's going on at Bowles is a long term project. Like you look at some of the young players they have, they're fantastic, the best you'll see. But they're going to um, miss out in Europe the way they're going. I know. They're six points off second half at the yet, moment. You know. Um, Sligo Waterford is the other game. I don't uh, on that that that's at the showgrounds uh, on Saturday as well. Like they have very good players, Bows, but I, I don't know. They've just had a blip. Yeah, you get that with young players, don't you? Inconsistency. So um, some good games coming up there. Finn Harps. That be that be a good one. Yeah, it's um, like and I don't it's, think Ollie gets the credit he deserves. Uh, Hard working manager. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. I'm you see bloke. him at every game. Do you know like, all he did? You know him from. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a fantastic bloke. Yeah, he really is. People, he's animated on the side. He's, side on, but like the, the, he's just at every game. He's the work he puts in, the yeah, hours he puts in, like from from the position. You mentioned resources the there. Only probably mm. doesn't have them resources, but other clubs would have. So mm. he has to go and put his eyes on games yeah. and players. And it's a lot of travel for him. Yeah, like how good could like Ollie Horgan has worked like you're almost like you're pigeonholing this job of when like oh David Moyes wasn't able to do the Man United job, but he's better suited to a club mid table or whatever. Like Ollie Horgan could be very good manager. Chamber Clovers for all I know, but mm. you never talk about that, even though he's year on year. Year he does an unbelievable job with Hegarty at Finn Harps, like an unbelievable job. They have to they have to attract players to Donegal. They probably don't have a lot of money. Um, it's not necessarily the most attractive place to play, and they're playing lovely football at times. And they mm. go and like they just beat Bows away, and it's not even a story anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, look, and you, if you speak to Ali about it, he'd play himself down, yeah. wouldn't he? he he's, he's, he's brilliant. He gives the credit to all the players and and and, and quite often to the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> even when he's he's won. a character, isn't he? Yeah. He's a great character. He's, got, he's up against the, the Northern Irish League there. He's yeah, for that's, that's yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So first division fixtures. Um, Bray Wanderers, Cork City uh, at the Carlisle Grounds, Wexford UCD, Athlone Cabin Teeley, Shelburne Treaty. I think that's sold out in Talca Park. Cove Galway, which has been moved to Friday. Um, and obviously the the only thing about the first division now is that the title is kind of set in stone. And as much as you don't want to say it, like it does look exactly like who will be finishing second, third, fourth and fifth. It's only in what order. What's your ambition for the rest of the season then? Cork City is a tough game. Oh, listen, uh, I mean, you have the table in front of you. They, they mm. have to win to keep it alive for themselves mm. and that doesn't guarantee them anything. Um, but regardless of points... Uh, Cork are going to come up and try and win the game, uh, and we're the same. Like you know, it's 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 going to be a difficult game for us, difficult game for Cork. Um, but at some stage in the game, we're obviously going to expect them to really, really go for it because uh, anything but a win, you know, seals seals their 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 faith. But um, look, it's 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 going to be a difficult game. I suppose the game of the weekend now will be going to Talca Park to watch. Uh, you know, they'll expect I think to to. To win, but it's not going to be easy against Treaty. Treaty have been, uh, been solid. Yeah, and uh, Shells have just been good this season. They've just been the best team, full stop. They've got results, and as we said earlier on, it's a results business, isn't it? Yeah. Um, see, the first division is a great league, isn't it? It's competitive. Yeah, it's well worth going to watch. Some good players in, as we spoke mm. about earlier on. What are your own ambitions, coaching-wise? Um, continue to learn. I'm mm. enjoying what I'm doing. Um, learning from going to watch the games and t- different tactics. and um, I was... Fortunate enough to get some good experience as assistant manager at Shelbourne a couple of years back mm. when we got promoted. No, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing, going learning and upskill all the time and learn from good people all the time. So um, we'll see what the future holds for me. What, uh, have you high hopes for Rory Higgins as a manager? Um, yes, um, given what he's done so far. Um, there's loads more to come. As He's still learning all the time. He's a young manager. Hopefully he can get some more mm. good players in and Momentum is with them now, isn't it, really? Um, they're exciting to watch. As I said, I went and watched them against Bohemians. They're fantastic, really entertaining. Probably Some the best game I've seen Some all game. year. Some great goals in it. Had everything. So now I wish um, my old teammate Rudy all the best going forward. And given, given what he's done so far, it's, it's looking good for Derry City. I think next season's going to be very interesting in the Premier Division. Like when with Derry bringing in Duffy and obviously uh, Pats are building, yeah. you know, Bowes are building, Rovers are there. Bray. Bray, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully for um, what, what, what's your realistic hope then for the rest of the season? You just got to look, we want to finish as high up as we can, like that's the game. You want to, we all go into football matches to try and win games, so um, we still want to try and finish uh, as high up as we can. But the minimum requirement is the playoffs. Mm. Uh, I know we're nearly there, but we're not, so we, we, we have to make sure we secure that, and then um, and then we'll take whatever comes in, in, in the playoff if we get there. And and at that stage, it's knockout football, so you know. Um, we just have, make sure Gary Shaw is injured if he plays Galway United <laughs> he just always scores against Galway it's like absolutely whoever club he's playing for Longford Rovers or Bray he just scores against Galway yeah, well, yeah. hopefully that, that won't change hopefully, he actually, hopefully that continues I, I, I suggested uh, I asked him who to bring on the show from Bray and he said James Keddy he's a good laugh so he had him ahead of you so uh, probably James is a good that. laugh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's good yeah. Yeah, then, then James Keddy only got back to me um, so late that I, I booked you in instead I like, actually asked you first you didn't get back to me either I'm just helping James with talking, going, do you want to do our deal? Johnny Rex ahead. <laughs> Congratulations to Mark Murphy, who won the four-star pizza last week. Um, 
that was in association with futureticketing.ie. Uh, lads, thanks a million for coming on. Um, best luck for the rest of the season and best luck the new project, Jay. I think it's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, as I said, we're just trying to get people on board now. It's open to everybody. Um, you can apply through fetchcourses.ie and you know, it's education seems to be the way forward for mm. most things. So, listen, hopefully, it's a huge success. It won't be for the lack of trying. Absolutely, and, and best luck as in into the playoffs. Sam, um, you're still fighting for this playoff spot, and would love it if uh, you beat whoever it is. It's going to be a tough battle for all the four clubs there. Yeah, look, come here, listen. Like I said, our priority is to, to consolidate that spot for us, whatever uh, position it is, and, and we'll see see where it takes us. You know, and uh, hopefully, we have a, a good one in and excited one into the season. Thanks, lads. Cheers, Mike. And that was uh, LOI Central. We'll be back next week.